0: Awesome. So uh, today we're going to do a, a special study. Um, since we're kind of, you know, we finished uh, uh, the book of Revelation last week, which is, man, which is uh, uh, amazing. You know, I've had an awesome time teaching through the book of Revelation. I never uh, thought I'd get the chance to, to teach through it. You know, but uh, we're going to be in between books and we're going to read, uh, we're going to be in the book of Colossians this morning. I'm thinking just maybe doing another topical next Sunday as well until until we, until we dig deep into, into the book of Romans. And, and uh, the book of Romans is where we're going to spend the most of our time. Uh, later on, uh, in a couple Sundays, we're going to go through Romans from chapter 1 all the way to the last chapter, verse by verse, Calvary style. But um, this morning, uh, uh, you guys to go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 2. And uh, as you turn your Bibles there, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Father, thank you so much Lord, for your word. Lord, thank you for just blessing us in this journey through your, through your, through your word. Uh, thank you for this blessing us in this journey, Lord, as we just uh, study your word, learn your word. Uh, and, and are able to, to teach your word, Lord. Help us to really, Lord, just uh, take to heart, Lord, the the, the the words of this book, Lord, and to really uh, have them inscribed on in our hearts, Father God. I pray that you would just minister to us, Lord, that you would teach us, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, correct us, admonish us, whatever it is that, that we need in our lives, Father God. I mean you just meet us here this morning, Lord, and ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So the book of Colossians, I'm going to give you just a, a brief a brief interview and some, and some context before we get into... Into chapter 2 and 3 this morning. Um, it's a small letter. You know, the book of Colossians. It's, it's a letter. We call it a book. But it's actually a letter. It was it was written by, by the Apostle Paul. And uh, we see that Paul addressed this letter to the church. Which was in the city of Colossae. That's why it's called it's called Colossians. It was, it was directed uh, towards the Colossians. It's a city in Colossae. But it, it was also meant for, for a neighboring city. of uh, The neighboring city of, of Laodicea. Which he mentioned somewhere around uh, chapter 4. And so. Historically, we know that that the church at Colossae began during Paul's third uh, third missionary journey uh, in his three-year ministry while he was at Ephesus. Now, interesting that that Paul himself never went to Colossae, but while he was at Ephesus, he was pouring in to all these guys that were coming to him there while while he was at at Ephesus. One of these guys' name was Epaphras. And Epaphras was from Colossae. He was uh, at, at, at Ephesus at the time that Paul was there, and he was just man, just sitting under Paul, just getting taught by Paul. And uh, it's believed that, that 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 Epaphras came to know the Lord while he was sitting under Paul's studies. He went back to his hometown at Colossae and he just planted a church. He planted a church in his home, and he began to just uh, teach believers or teach people who came to his home, and uh, and a church was established there there at his home in Colossae. And so Epaphras was, you become the the pastor of the, the church there there at, there at uh, at Um uh, at And so interesting that that Paul, even though he didn't have any any direct connection to the church at Colossae, you know, he wrote to them uh he, his heart was burdened for them and and in the first chapter he mentions how how everybody has has heard of, of of the reputation the reputation of the church of Colossae, and everyone knew them as being faithful and as being uh lovers of god and lovers of, of their neighbors and so they, they had a, they had an awesome reputation among all the churches there in asia minor uh, we see that it was a strong uh it was a thriving church and, and, and paul would, would commend them for for their love and their faith uh there again in the, in the first few verses of, of this letter in chapter one we see that historically, Colossae was was a city of both Jews and Gentiles. It was kind of like this this melting pot. You know, there were there were these uh, uh, traditional, just super Orthodox Jews, and then there was also these these uh, 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 mystic uh, 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 agnostics. You know, were Gentiles. So they were just kind of like this. It was like two extremes in one city, right? There was no like in between. And so when we see that that, that Colossae again. It was it was just a, this mixture of both Jews and and Gentiles. And we see that that uh, a dangerous heresy known as Gnosticism, what we know as, as early uh, early Gnosticism, crept in the crept in the church and plagued the believers. And it caused many to to forsake sound doctrine, and, and they would follow this this worldly philosophy. And so, uh, the the, the church of philosophy. One of the reasons why Paul writes them is to address this this Gnosticism, Gnosticism that crept into the church. And now, for for you guys who don't know, uh, Gnosticism by definition by definition is the belief. That God is good, if there is a God, that God is good, and, and but matter is evil. So they don't believe it in Satan, they don't believe in hell, they don't believe in it, just it, it, they say that there's a good and there's an evil. And if God exists, then God is that good, right? And, and, and matter is inherently evil. And, and that Jesus Christ, as they would address Jesus in the, in the early church, uh, they say that Jesus Christ was just one of a series of emanations of this good source or, or, or substances that would come from this good source right that, that, that they called God and, and and that he would descend from God but that he was less than God than God and that they would and they would also also teach that that uh, that there is this secret uh, kind of a uh, higher knowledge above the scripture and that it was necessary for this enlightenment or, or true salvation so you could just imagine I mean as I, even as I'm, as, I'm, as I'm saying it out loud I mean it sounds like a lot of the movements that are, that are around today, Right, this, this, uh, this, this, worship of Mother Earth, this worship of this, this new age type of mentality that, that that creeps into the church, and so that that's kind of what what this, uh, what this uh, early first century Gnosticism was, and it had crept into this church, and specifically in the church here at Colossae and so Paul writes to the believers there, why? Because it had such a strong reputation that he was like, like, hey man, you guys are you guys were doing so good, and all of a sudden these guys crept in, and, and they're leading you astray, and so Paul writes to them out of just this loving shepherd's heart to correct them. To correct them and to kind of just, uh, with the shepherd's hook, just kind of get them back on the right path. And so we see that along with heresy, uh, uh, with, with this heresy of Gnosticism, the church also embraced uh, uh, what's known as Jewish legalism, which put in an emphasis on traditions, on, uh, on keeping of festivals, on keeping of Jewish purification laws. And, and they would say that uh, that these laws and festivals and, laws and, 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 root and rituals and routines were necessary for for salvation, which we know is not true. And so again, the church there at Colossae was played with both extremes, right? This extreme heresy of Gnosticism, and then this extreme heresy of uh, just uh, uh, of Jewish traditions. And they were just kind of caught in between, tossed to and fro from, from from all these teachings that they were hearing, and that had crept into the church. And so we see that, uh, that again, the Epaphras, the one who was the pastor of the, of the church, here at, at Colossae we see that he was so burdened by, by by what was going on there in the church that he traveled all the way to Rome uh, where Paul was a prisoner a prisoner at the time and, and, and we see that he told Paul what was going on at Colossae and Paul addressed these issues through his letter while he was in prison, and so uh, the book of Colossians, the letter of, to the Colossians, it was is known as one of the prison epistles, right? Because Paul wrote it while he was in prison, in in, in, a, in a Roman prison. But again, he writes it with that intention of correcting their their doctrine and correcting kind of their, their their strain away into this now uh, uh, Gnosticism and and uh, and, and Jewish uh, uh, legalism, and so. As he as he writes to them, you know, again he, he begins to just command them, he says, I've heard about your love, I've heard about your your your, your faithfulness, I've heard about you know just just all these good things about you guys. He says, but also I've heard about what's crept into the church. And so beginning there in chapter two, verse one, um, he goes on to say, he says, For I want you to know what a great conflict that I have for you and those in Laodicea, which was the neighboring city. As for he says, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. This says, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom, of wisdom and knowledge. And verse 4, he says, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see you, your good order and the steadfastness of your faith. In Christ and so again, uh, Paul he never he would never visited this church at Colossae, he never never met the believers one on one, but he had heard of them, right? And so, I, I, as he writes to them, you know, he tells them, Hey, even though you guys have not seen my face, he says, I'm with you, right? Even though I'm not with you there in person, I'm here stuck in jail. He says, I'm with you in spirit, right? He says, and, and, and I've heard of you guys. And so, we see that 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 Paul he kind of just pours out his heart, he pours out his heart and he pours out his concern for the church. And we see that that Paul is just conflicted within, within himself. For the state of the believers you know as as any uh faithful pastor would right as a pastor man you see someone walking with the lord you see him walking strong and all of a sudden you see him kind of just uh get get into this uh other distractions right get hardcore into you know whether it's false doctrine false religious systems or just traditions of man and, and, and as a faithful pastor you get burdened you're like man you know they were doing so good and and it really hurts your heart to see someone who was doing good just kind of start straying little by little little by little right and so and, and so uh, we see that paul's writing to them right he he explains his his his, uh, his 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 concern to them and we see that he was conflicted within himself for the state of the believers um why? Because so many were just being divided and confused and even discouraged by these worldly uh, teachings that crept into the church. And so Paul is like, man, it's, it's all going downhill. Right? You see that, that they had been so carried away by the pursuit of so-called this hidden wisdom and knowledge that they made themselves vulnerable to false teachers. Right? They were so open to all these other beliefs and all these other things that, man, all the false teachers heard of it. Like, oh, man, there you go. We'll go make, uh, you know, we we'll uh, we we'll go take advantage of them. And so they, they kind of opened themselves to this right and so the false teachers of course they they had a field deal with them we see that you know as, as paul's writing to them he tells them in christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge it's like he's telling them all right you guys want wisdom right you're putting yourselves out there trying to seek this worldly wisdom trying to seek these worldly philosophies false philosophies false worldly wisdom he's like you want wisdom you want knowledge he says they're hidden in christ they're not hidden in these in these false teachers. They're not hidden in these in these false belief systems. They're not hidden in this in this Gnosticism or in this or or, or this legalism. He says they're hidden in Christ. And so he tells them you need to know more of Christ, not more of the world, right? He says again. Uh, there in verse 3, he says, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so these guys had lost themselves so much. You know, they were seeking the best teachers. They were seeking the, the best philosophers trying to find, again, this hidden wisdom, this hidden knowledge. And Paul corrects him and he says, Man, you guys are looking in the wrong place. You're looking in the world. You're looking to, to worldly philosophies, worldly teachers, worldly uh, uh, systems. He says, and really, you know, all the hidden treasures of knowledge and wisdom, they're hidden in Christ. Right? And so, we see that, that as he writes to me he tells him, right man, right, he says he says, You gotta dig deeper into knowing Christ if you wanna be more wise, if you wanna be more knowledgeable. Right? These, these guys had, had lost themselves in their pursuit of, of this worldly wisdom and instead they became fools. Right? They try to become wise in their own understanding, they try to become, you know, somebody in, in their in their own knowledge, and instead they, they made themselves open to all these false teachers who came in, prepped them and took advantage of them and just mixed their heads all up. And instead they became fools. They became fools in their pursuit of worldly wisdom and knowledge. They became fools. And so Paul is kind of, again, correcting him and says, look, you, you had it right the first time, right? You, you were wise. You were you had knowledge and, and understanding in Christ. And then you went astray. And so we see that these guys, again, they sought the best teachers, uh, the most popular ones, the ones with the latest you know revelations of, of wisdom. And, and and yet they neglected to seek Christ. And so he goes on to tell them, them, verse 6, he says, as you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, he says, so walk in him. It says, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as you have been taught. He says, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And he says this in, in verse 8. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. According to the tradition of men. According to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. And so as he's writing to them, he says, He says, hey, it's not enough to just receive Christ. Right? He says, as you therefore have received Christ, uh, Jesus the Lord says, so walk in him so not just receive him but also walk in him so it's not it's not enough just to receive Christ you must continue to receive more of Christ right and it's not that that, that Christ only gives a little bit of himself or really we it's, it's that we only take a little bit in of Christ right again there's that quote by Tozer that that, that says uh, uh, God is willing to give him as much of himself as you're willing to receive Right? And so he's telling him, look, it's not enough to just say, all right, we're Christians now. We believe, right? We're going to church. He says, you got to continue to receive. You got to continue to receive more of Christ. He says, as you receive, so walk. Meaning, uh, you're to continue to grow in your knowledge of and in your intimacy with Christ. And the question is, well, how do you do that? And he, says this, he says, it starts first with with setting your roots, your roots deep in him, then continue to build on that. Right. He says, as you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. He says, rooted and built up in Him. He says, established in the faith, just as you've been taught from the very beginning. And, and so it, it's really, it, it's when you're rooted in Christ that you begin to grow in faith. Right? You want to grow in, in, in your faith and in, and in your knowledge of God. It starts with being rooted in Christ. right? And so, and, and so the, uh, uh, oh, this is what Paul is telling him. He says, let your faith grow strong in the things which you were Taught originally by Epaphras. He says, Look, man, you guys were taught, right? Epaphras was down there, he was one of my students, he learned from me, right? I, I, I taught him the Word of God, I taught him solid doctrine. He went down there, he taught you guys. He says, But yet, you guys forsook those those, those elementary, those basic uh, uh, first principles in order to seek this worldly wisdom, this, this, worldly, this worldly knowledge, and you lost it, All right? And so he's telling them, Don't go out looking for special hidden truths or mysteries, but instead grow in the solid things which you already know. He says you guys know the way already you guys know the truth already he says grow deeper in those things right and i mean for us i mean kind of bringing it back now to us i mean with so many uh, uh teachers out there or so-called teachers with so much information out there it's easy to get caught up in in this in this pursuit of you know again of this worldly knowledge i mean i'm i'm guilty of this too i'm, like, I'm looking for like the best bible teachers i want to listen to these guys i want to hear like the best puns or like the best like gotchas or like the best you know drum roll like or the best like saying like man this guy's got it right and and and, and like with so much information out there that like we live in a society now that's that's uh knowledge that that's full of knowledge but yet no wisdom full of information but no practical application Right? And 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 just like the the, the church at Colossae, it's like man, we have numerous teachers available to us, and it's easy to get lost in this pursuit of this hidden hidden truth or like this hidden wisdom, this hidden knowledge, and, and really just get caught up in the world right? get caught up in this foolishness. I mean, it, it's like describing the teachers of, of Jesus, they who who when when Jesus was here in his earthly ministry, right? Uh, it was it, it was common for, for for the for the Jews there in Jerusalem. Uh, to have these these, these rabbis, right? These, these different Jewish teachers. And each one of these rabbis, these Jewish teachers, they had a, a following. And wherever they went, they had students, you know. And, and, and these rabbis would go and they would teach. And, and they would teach what another rabbi would say. So they'd be like, Rabbi so-and-so says this about this verse. And Rabbi so-and-so says this about this book. And Rabbi so-and-so says that this is what this verse means. And this is what this scripture means. And this and that. But yet when Jesus came on the scene, Him being God, Right? When He began to, to teach the people, we see that, 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 that the people, they, they took notice of this. Right? And, they, and they recognized that oh, something's different about Jesus. There in Matthew 7, 28, 29, it uh, says, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at His teaching. Notice it says, For He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Right, The scribes were quoting other scribes and those scribes were quoting other scribes. Like the, 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 the smartest scribes or the most taught scribes or the more popular ones. And yet Jesus, hey amen. He was just quoting the word. And he was just teaching them the word. And so the people were, were astonished because he taught them as the one having authority. Of course, you know, he wrote it. It comes from him. But again, the, the people, they saw the difference, right? They, they, they saw the difference. But I mean, it, it's exactly what this church at, at Colossae, they, they got caught up in, again, the pursuit of worldly wisdom, the pursuit of justice, uh, these other teachers, these other sources. And he says there in verse 8, again he says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him, that is in Christ, for in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. And so as as he continues to just kind of correct him, right he says hey beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit interesting that that, that word cheat you know it means uh, to rob or to plunder or stealing or taking away by force and so we see that paul is warning the believers he says hey be careful don't let yourself be cheated and cheated from what cheated from the simplicity of your salvation through a relationship with christ because these false teachers, as they would come in with these new revelations, with these new philosophies, with this new worldly wisdom, they weren't teaching them these things in order to to, to to make it easier for them to come to Christ. But they were putting more obstacles on the people. They were putting more burdens on the people, more trips on the people. And they were making it harder for them to know God. And more than anything, they were even putting doubts in the people's mind. Well, if, they, if there is a God, then this is that and the other. And if you want to please God... Then you have to keep these traditions, keep these regulations. You, know, you have to get circumcised, of, of, is what the Jews were saying. Right? You have to uh, seek deeper knowledge, is what the philosophers were saying. And so Paul tells them, hey man, be careful. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. He says, hey, be careful, don't let anyone uh, uh, rob you of the simplicity of a relationship with Christ. A simple relationship. I love the Lord because he's simple, yet not simplistic. Right. He's simple in the sense that, hey, man, he's approachable. You can know him through his word. But yet it's so complex at the same time because we see everything that he went through in order to just, to, 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 that he went through in order to just, again, to open the door for the relationship between us. Right? Simple, yet not simplistic. But yeah, Paul's telling them, hey look, he says, don't let them rob you of the simplicity of your salvation. Of that, don't let anyone rob you of the simplicity of just walking with the Lord. Right, these false teachers and, and, and these legalists—they had come, they they came in and they taught that. And they're saying, "Hey, it's not enough to just uh, know Jesus. It's not enough to call yourself a Christian. It's not enough to believe in Christ." He says, "You—they they were saying you have to do X, Y, and Z." They were putting all these obstacles on the people, and they, and, and they were telling me, hey, uh, "You guys have to observe these festivals. You have to observe these these regulations or these the Sabbaths and all these things." And, and in reality, we know that that you don't have to do observe any regulations or, or, or any laws, right? Or any schools of thought. Just simply, Paul tells us, hey, just walk with Christ. He says, that's it. He says, the simplicity of just walking with Christ and of, and of knowing Him and of growing in our, in our relationship with Him through what we already know, which is the Word of God. He says, no. he says I don't need this guy to come in and explain to me some new, right? Some new truth. He says, hey man, what you already know, just grow deeper in those things. He says, dig your roots down in those things. Now, interesting because philosophy in itself wasn't bad. Right? I mean the, the the actual word philosophy. It's made up of it's made up of two words, phileo and 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 and, 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 and uh, sophias, which means uh, loving wisdom. Phileo is, is a type of love in the in the Greek language. They have four different words for love: Phileo, agape, uh, storge, and uh, there's one more, eros. Right, and and, and so this, this phileo is just this this uh, this endearment, right? This love. And so the word philosophy actually comes from the word loving wisdom. And so loving wisdom in itself is not bad, right? Each one of us, I mean, we, we love the wisdom that the Lord gives us. When we're in a tough situation, you got to make a tough decision. Man, I'm very grateful for the wisdom that the, that the Holy Spirit gives us. And so philosophy in itself wasn't bad. But the philosophy that, 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 that they were following was bad. Why? Because it's this philosophy that was teaching uh, traditions according to men. Right? It, wasn't, it wasn't teaching things according to the Bible or according to what uh, uh, the word of God says or according to, to what Paul was saying. Right? But it was these traditions, these philosophies according to the understanding of men. And Paul was saying, hey, be careful against that. Right, He was warning them against that. It was this philosophy that was according to the principles of the world, he calls them. This is not biblical principles that they had originally been taught. Right? So he's telling "Hey, don't replace these worldly principles for your biblical principles in the name of knowledge and wisdom. Now, we see that the believers had had, had given, uh, they had given away to all kinds of different teachings and customs as if they were lacking something, right? It's like they weren't satisfied in their relationship with Christ and they thought, no, we have to seek something deeper, right? And Paul tells them, he says, hey, in reality, you are complete in Him, right? You're complete in Christ, meaning you're not lacking anything. He says, you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. Isn't that? You're, You're out there seeking to be fulfilled, through these uh, worldly philosophers, when in reality, your completeness, your fulfillment comes from Christ, right? Because you're complete in Christ. And he tells us, "In Jesus dwells the fullness of God. And therefore, if we belong to Christ, then that means that that we are in Christ and also we're completely united in God, right? Through our relationship with Christ. There's no need to complicate our relationship with God by adding boom, 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 way more things. And, And that's what Paul was warning them against. He's like, I guess we're doing so good. All of a sudden, you're plagued, you're burdened. It's hard to walk with the Lord now because of all these of all these different uh, uh, traditions and philosophies and, 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 and legalistic rules and regulations that you put upon yourself by accepting these false teachers to come into the church, right? So he says, hey, you don't need to complicate things by seeking out worldly customs. And so he goes on to tell them in, our verse, in verse 11, he says, in him that is in Christ, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by cutting off of by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of christ he says, you were buried with them in baptism in which you also were raised with them through faith in the working of god who raised him from the dead and then he says this in verse 13 he says and you being dead in your trespasses and the and the uncircumcision of your flesh he says he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses and so now, now, now Paul's addressing uh, the, the, the Jewish legalistic side of this. Because these, these legalists, they came in, these Jewish legalists, they came into the church. And, and uh, keep in mind that, again, that, that because this, this city was was a mixture of Jews and Gentiles, the Jewish believers that came in with their legalism, with their t- traditions, they were telling the, 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 the non-Jewish Christians, they were saying, all right, yeah, you guys are born again. Yeah, you guys believe in Jesus and, and that's all fine. But you also have to get circumcised. Right? And, and they were making a, a requirement for salvation or, or a requirement for, uh, 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 for relationship with Christ. They were saying, hey, man, if you want to be a real Christian, you got to be like us. you got to be a Jewish Christian. You've got you to gotta also keep the law, and specifically circumcision. And so Paul goes in. Keep in mind that, that, that Paul, later on in the book of Romans, he would call himself the Jew of all Jews. He says, nah, he says, I was a proud Jew. He says, I was a Pharisee. He says, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was a Jew of Jews. I was a teacher of teachers. He's like, he says, I was from the tribe of Benjamin. He says, my name is Saul. I was named after the first king of Israel. He was puffed up. right? And now Paul's tongue, the, the church here at Colossae, he's saying, he says, in Christ, you were also circumcised with the circumcision that, that's, that's made not with hands, but by putting off the body of sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. And so he's telling the, the, the Gentile believers right at this church, he says, hey, he says, you don't have to be physically circumcised. You've already been circumcised spiritually. How? By putting off the sins in your flesh. If you guys are, are, are familiar with the, with the act of circumcision, right? It's literally cutting off a piece of flesh from, from a man's body. And Paul's telling him, look, you don't, need to be, you don't need to cut any piece of your flesh off, right? Because spiritually, you've, you've already cut off the most sinful part of your flesh by coming to christ and he explains to him he's like yeah you don't need to keep these jewish traditions you don't need to to, to follow these jewish customs you you've been circumcised uh uh you've had a circumcision done on you without hands in mean, this spiritual circumcision right this putting off of the body of sins of the flesh he says by the circumcision that is of christ he says and not only that he says you were buried with christ through baptism and so as he's addressing this church, he's addressing a church of, of, of Christian believers who had already been baptized in the Lord. Right. And you see that that, that baptism is something that the Lord that, that, that the Lord Jesus uh, uh, he did Mandy, right? He he went, when he sent out the, 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 the twelve disciples, he tells them he told them he says, Go into all the nations, uh, preaching the gospel, you know, uh, telling them to, to repent in the name of Jesus Christ, right? He says, uh, and he says baptizing them and making disciples. Right. And so when it comes to, to, to baptism, that's something that, 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 that for us as believers is something that the Lord would desire that we would do. Why? Because baptism wasn't meant to be a religious thing, but it was meant to be, keep in mind that, that, that in, this, in this time, they were being persecuted for their faith. Right when, when 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 Rome heard that there was that there, were, that there were Christians there in Rome, they got blamed for all kinds of fires in Rome, and it was uh, it was the, the, the Roman Emperor Nero who would eventually persecute all the Christians in Rome. He would uh, he would uh, dip them in taroty, he would tie them up around around the Roman Empire, and he would light them on fire right, as a persecution of, of Christians. And so for, for the Christians, the early the early uh, the early believers, early Christians, for them to get baptized, they were identifying themselves with Christ, and it was meant to be this this outward. Showing to everybody you know and, and it symbolized this and it still symbolizes this today that as the, that the old man was going in the water as the old man was going. the old person was going under the water he was being buried in Christ when the person comes back up he's a new creation right and so Paul tells him hey look you guys were buried with Christ through baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith he says you were buried with him the old man was buried he says, and you were raised with him in faith. Right? Beautiful. He says, You were raised with them through faith in the working of God who raised Christ from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with them, having forgiven you all trespasses. And, and so as, as Paul continues to just exhort them, he's like, Hey, no need for circumcision. You've been circumcised, you know, spiritually. Hey man, there, there's no need for for, for for all these other things. You've been baptized with Christ. You've been raised with them, right from the dead he says, you were dead in your trespasses. You were like the living dead, the walking dead. Why? Because you were functioning as a as a, as a person who was alive, but spiritually, you were dead. He says, but now that, that you've been raised with Christ, is now you've been made alive through the Holy Spirit. And he says this in verse 14. He says, God having wiped out the handwriting of the, of the requirements that was against us, he says, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. If you guys are... Uh, we're able to, to listen to, to Wednesday night study. Right? We, 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 we're going to, over the book of Exodus. And we'll mention how, how as Moses was up in the mountain with God. We're told that, that, that God gave him tablets. And that God wrote them, and says that they were written with the finger of God. right? And so a, a, as Paul is writing to, to, to the church at Colossae now. He's saying. He, look, he says. Uh, he says. God having wiped out the handwriting of requirements. That means the Ten Commandments. He says. God having wiped out the handwriting of the requirement of the Ten Commandments. That was against us which was contrary to us and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross Since having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it and so paul is saying look he says he says god took He said, uh, uh god wiped out uh the righteous requirements that we couldn't meet right he wrote himself and, and it was meant to be like as this measuring tape for us knowing to show us uh, how far, uh, how far we 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 come short? Or how much we come short? He says, said, said, God has wiped that out, right? And, and instead, what He did is that He took those righteous requirements which we couldn't meet, and He nailed them to the cross as Jesus was crucified. Meaning that Jesus, that Jesus took all the penalty of that upon Himself. He says, verse 16: So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding festivals or a new moon or Sabbaths, he says, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is Christ. He says, because of that, he says, because of all those things, he says, hey, man, he says, they were never meant to be permanent. He says, they were meant to be a shadow of the fulfillment of Christ. He says, the Ten Commandments, they were never meant to be uh, 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 fully fulfilled. Why? Because no one could fulfill them. Right? They were impossible to fulfill. That was the whole point. Right? That it shows man how far uh, he's fallen from grace, how, how, how imperfect he is and how perfect God is. And so paul says hey, those things were meant to be permanent but they were meant to to, to uh, as a shadow of christ who is our ultimate fulfillment of these things and he says in verse 18 let no one again theres that word cheat you of your reward taking delight in false humility and worship of angels uh, intruding into those things which which he has not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind is says, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from god and so paul's saying hey man don't let anyone come in and trip you up about these things right about these uh, about the type of food that you eat about the drinks about whatever you drink. drinks is about uh any festivals or any uh new moon celebrations or any uh, sabbath day uh, uh uh rest and all these things he says hey all that was was pointing to christ but now that christ came he says it fulfilled him and he says, there's no need for those things anymore he right? says, don't let anyone come and trip you up about these things. The church, they at colossal again, as these Jewish legalists were coming in, and, and the church was, was, was meeting on Sundays, and, and, and they were meeting during the week, and they were uh, going out working on Saturdays, right? These guys were coming, in there like, oh, no, you guys are breaking God's law. Yeah, you're a Christian, but look, now you're breaking God's law. Hey, God's mad at you now. And Paul's saying, hey, man, there's no need for that. He says, he says those Sabbath things, they were completed in Christ. He says, so, so don't let anyone come in with this false humility. Right? In this worship of angels. He says. Vainly puffed up by his own fleshly mind. And we see a lot of people like that. I don't know if you ever met. Someone like that. Who was like. Man they're just so religious. And what Paul is saying. Hey man. Those people that come in all religious. Trying to keep. Trying to make people keep the law. And trying to make everyone like them. He says. Really. It's this false humility. Like they want to make themselves seem. Like I'm so righteous. Because I do all this. But in reality. He says. Hey, he says. They're vainly puffed up. He says, it's in vain. He says, they're being puffed up by their flesh, right? By, by, by their fleshly mind. He says, and they're not holding fast to the head, which is Christ, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. And so he's saying, look, the body grows from God, right? God gives growth to the body, not these rules and regulations. He says, don't listen to these guys who come in falsely kind of puffed up and, and making themselves out to be something that they're not. He says, they do it in vain, right? It's a false humility. And he says this in verse 20, he says, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why then, he says, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? I mean, going back to the whole picture of, of baptism, he said, look, you, you, you've died to yourself already with Christ. He says, when you were baptized, when you, when you came to the Lord, you know, uh, you're, you're the old man, the old person, the old woman, he says, it's considered dead. Even though some of those old habits still rise up in us, he is, the Lord sees us as brand new, as new creations. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if any woman, if any person be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the former things have passed away and all is made new. You may not feel brand new. You come to the Lord, you may not feel brand new. Why? Because you still mess up or you still fall into your old habits or whatever. But God sees it as new. And in his book, we're made brand new. He says, The former things have passed away and everything is made new. And so Paul says, them, Therefore, if you die with Christ from the basic principles of the world, meaning the, the old way you used to live, he says, why then, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to these regulations? He says, if you die to all those things, why do you put yourself back in bondage to these things, right? That, that that never did anything for you. And he says in the verse 21, he says, Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. He says, which all concern things which perish with the using, with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of man. And so Paul says, Look, you guys are putting yourself back in bondage to all these regulations. And he gives an example of these regulations that these guys would come in with. They would say, don't touch this, uh, don't taste that, uh, don't handle this, right? Uh, giving this example of how these guys would come in. A lot of the Jews, they, they had this, uh, this whole thing about, about certain meats that they would eat and Paul would address it later on in the book of Romans. right? And so uh, they're, they're, they're in Rome uh, and that whole region of Asia Minor, right? it was mainly uh, uh, Gentile believers. And so all these guys would, would, would worship these pagan gods and what they would do when they would worship these pagan gods is, is that they would sacrifice cows or oxen or all these things, all these different animals. And they would sacrifice the animal and the leftover meat. They would sell it at the, at the meat market at a discounted price. And, 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 the, and the believers, they would go, hey man, the meat is half off today. Why? Because it's all left over from the sacrifice. Cool, you know, I'm going to buy it. It's, it's on special. right? It's, 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 it's meat that was sacrificed, but it's on special. I'm going to feed my family with it. And, and they were thanking God for it. But yet these legalists were coming, they're like, hey man, don't touch that. He says, don't don't touch. Don't handle. It. Right? That stuff's forbidden, forbidden. And Paul's saying, hey man, he says, there's no need for that. Right? He says, we're giving thanks, thanks to God for all these things. He says, don't let anyone come in and, and put these regulations on you, these trips on you. Right? He says all these things uh, concern things which perish with the with the using. Meaning, hey, these are putting regulations on things that are temporary. He says the real regulations should be on the eternal, on your soul, on your heart. Right on your mind. There's not these things that perish. Not these things that are going to be here one day and gone tomorrow. This is why? Is why, we, why Why put this heavy trip on something that's going to be gone tomorrow? Food, uh, uh, the way you eating the way you dress, uh, the way you worship God, the way you all these different things. Right? That have nothing to do with our relationship with God. Our, our things. I mean, right? Our things. Not having to do with the heart. And he says this in verse 23. He says, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. And self-imposed religion he says it's a false humility and they neglect it's a neglect of the body but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh and so Paul says hey man these guys that come in like that with all these regulations all these rules are you know they come in all puffed up right They, they make themselves out to be kind of holier than everyone else Paul says these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom he said you guys are following these philosophers, you guys are following these, these, these false teachers, and they come in and they have an appearance of wisdom. Notice not wisdom. He didn't say they're wise, he says, they appear to be wise in the way they look and all the all the that they're putting on people. He said they have this appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, meaning they put that upon themselves. He says it's still that that, that, that God never never required of them. He says it's a self-imposed religion. He says it's a false humility, but yet they neglect the body but are of no value against indulgence of the flesh. What Paul's is saying is that all these regulations that, that you're putting on yourself, right? These holier than, than 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 everyone else type of regulations, he says they do nothing for, for the indulgence of the flesh meaning they, they do nothing with the condition of the heart. He says sin, temptation, it's a condition of the heart. Right? It's not gonna help me if I come in, if I speak very eloquently, if I come in dressed in a suit Right? If, I, if we do things the way, you know, a lot of other churches are doing it, I mean, and, and, and me putting those trips on you uh, on you guys, hey, come and dress like this, come in dress like that, do this, do that, do the other, right? These regulations, man's regulations, he says, that does nothing for the heart. He says, I could, I could be dressed in a three-piece suit and still battle with stuff here in my, in my heart. Paul says, it, does, it has no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Right? It has no value against the indulgence of the flesh. They do nothing for the heart. They do nothing for the, for the soul. And he goes on to say there in chapter 3, he says, Continue, continuing to, to to address him He says, "If then you were raised with Christ, then seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God." Right? He says, "Set Say your mind on things above, not on things on the earth." He's saying, "All right, if then you were raised with Christ, it's it's it better translated since then you were raised with Christ. Then seek those things which are above, not below." Right? He, he he's saying, "Don't try to be perfected in in worldly regulations." But instead, hey, seek the things which are above, meaning uh, the law of God, and that relationship with Christ. Seek those things which are above, not those things which are, which are below. He says, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Verse 3, 4, you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Meaning you died to yourself, you died to the old man, the old person, and now your life is hidden with Christ in God. And he says, when Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I love this verse because for a long time I tried to wrap my wrap my mind around it. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? I, I get what it means, but I don't get how to illustrate it. And Paul says, look, he says, you died, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Meaning that now that we died to our old self, our life is not even our own, but it's hidden with Christ in God. And what Paul's saying, hey, look, your life is secure, as you belong to Christ, your life is secure in his hands. That's what he's saying. And he says, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. But he says, You're hidden with Christ in God. And the best way I could describe it is this is us, the red ribbon, and this is Christ. And we're in Christ. And wherever Christ goes, hey, we're hidden with Christ in God. Wherever Christ goes, hey, we're hidden with Christ in God. And that's what Paul is saying. He You guys don't need to seek this worldly philosophy, this worldly, uh, this worldly wisdom, this worldly knowledge. He says, your life is already hidden with Christ in God. And he says, you're as close to God as you're ever going to be if you've died to yourself and and, and, and believed in, believe in Christ, believed in Him. He says, therefore, in verse 5, he says, therefore, he says, because of these things, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. And so Paul, now he's going to give him instruction. Now he says, all right. He says, because you died to yourself, because now you're hidden in Christ, because your life is in Christ, he says, put to death the things of the old man, the old, the old nature. Right? He says, put, he says, put these things to death, which are the names of fornication, which is sex outside of marriage he says uncleanness which means just like sexual perversion Uh, passion that means like lustful passions he says evil desires and covetousness right covetousness is when you desire someone else's possessions he says which is idolatry he says says covetousness is really idolatry because when we when we covet someone else's possessions or someone else's life or someone else's job or someone else's position or someone else's whatever it's like really you're making them your God because you want to be like them and he like says, "You're making an idol out of these things." He says, "Really? It's 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 idolatry." He says, because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them." Right? I love that because as Paul's addressing the church, he recognizes, "Right, look, you guys are all twisted up, you're all messed up, but you're believers. You're saved, right? You you, you got sidetracked, but yet you know you're, you're 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 born again, right?" He says, "And you yourself once walked in these things." He says, but not anymore. Right? Meaning, meaning you once habitually unrestrained practice these things when you lived in them. This is not anymore. And verse 8 he says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. And he says, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And verse 10, and, and, and then you have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of Him who created Him. And so, as Paul gives him instructions, on, he says, hey man, put off all these things. He says, get rid of this, get rid of that, get, get rid of the other. He's not going to just tell them, alright, get rid of all these things and figure it out. No, he's going to tell him, get rid of them and replace them with something else. He says, get rid of the, 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 the traits of the old nature says, and put on the traits of the new nature, which he begins to describe again there in verse 9. He says, um, verse 10, sorry, he says, and, and put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. That is, knowledge of God. It says, according to the image of Him who created Him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, uh, barbarian nor Scythian, slave nor freezes, but Christ is all and in all. And so he's telling them, man, you guys are glowing in, in this that like you're Jews, and these guys are glowing in the fact that they're that they're Greeks, and that and these guys are glowing in the fact I know that they're uh, that they're uh, Scythians or that they're slaves or that that they're free. But he's saying, hey, Amen. Christ is all, and He's in all. He's in Christ. He says, there is no no, no none of this stuff. There is no 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 separation. You know, all. He says, Christ Jesus, all the same. Right? He says, no, it's not that you guys have something better to offer than them. He says, hey, Amen. In Christ, we're all the same. He says. And, and now again, he, he goes on to tell him about the, the new nature. In verse 12, he says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, he says, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, which is patience, which is bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And he says, and if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, he says, so you must do. But above all these things, so he says, above Tender mercies and kindness and meekness and long-suffering and forgiving. His above all these things, he says, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I love that. He says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Because you that, that, that Paul, you know, he would write to the, to the church at Ephesus. And he would uh, kind, of, kind of give them kind of the same instruction. And there in Ephesus 420. As he's writing to them, he kind he, he's kind of on the same topic, right? He says, hey, put off the old man, put off the old nature, he says, and put on the new man and the new nature. And he begins to list the, the, the traits of the new man. He says this in and and Ephesians 4.20, he says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have learned him and have been taught by him as the truth in Jesus, he says, that you put off, there's that term again, put off, meaning casting off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust." and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness right? and so Paul he's touching on this he's saying put off the old man which is this this that and the other and put on the new man which is now this, this this that and the other and, 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 and as he, he begins to, to, to give us uh, this list now of, of the characters traits of the new man of the new nature tender mercies kindness humble, uh, meekness, long suffering, just bearing with one another, forgiving one another, it says uh, and, and loving one another. A lot of these things I fall short on at least like five of these things. Right? And and you may be reading through them and you may think, oh man I already blew it, I I fell short of one of these. And really what Paul's saying is hey you can't do it in and of yourself, right? But it takes just being full it takes the power of the Holy Spirit operating through your life. In order to live this life of the new nature, right? And it's a it's a day by day thing. It's not a it's not going to be overnight, right? But, but but now that we've been born in Christ, now that now that, that we're alive in Christ, he says, hey, look, the process started, right? We're not we're no longer living unrestrained in our old nature, but now hey, we're living for Christ, and and, and as we just continue to abide in Him, this is all these things are just going to naturally produce. It's like fruit, right? You plant a tree, it bears fruit. The fruit, you know, it does, the fruit, the fruit tree doesn't. Struggle and strain and strive to bear fruit. As long as it's being watered, as long as the branches are abiding in the in the uh, uh, in the trunk of the tree, it's going to naturally produce fruit. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, just just continue to abide in Christ, right? And these things are naturally going to flow out of your relationship with Christ. And he says this in verse 16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching, and teaching and and admonishing one another in songs and hymns, and spiritual songs, he says, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And he says this in verse 17 to finish off, he says, and whatever you do, whether it's in word or in deed, he says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so as, as Paul's correcting another theology, right, correcting their doctrine, correcting kind of their, 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 their the, things, the things that have crept in and just kind of uh, sipping them out, put off all these things, put on all these new things, through, through the power of the Holy Spirit. right? Uh, let love be that bond of perfection amongst all you guys. And he says this. And let the word of Christ. Meaning this. The Bible. He says, let his word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom and teaching. He says hey. You're seeking wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. You're seeking knowledge. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. He says the, the word of Christ is the fountain of knowledge and wisdom. He says teaching and admonishing one another. In psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs, just singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. Through Him, really, that's the key, right? As, as we go on with uh, with with our services, with church, with just everything that we're going to continue to do as we continue to grow closer to one another and, and, and serve one another. This is the key right here. In verse seventeen, it says, "Whatever you do, whether it's something you say or something you do, he says, let all be done in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father." Him, and really, that's a that's an awesome uh, uh, perspective to have when you're ministering, really, in life. Everything you do, do as unto the Lord. When I go to work and they tell me to sweep up, I'm like, I'm oh, come on, I've been doing this for 10 years. You want me to sweep? But then you got to do it. No, instead, I'm gonna say, all right, you know what? I'm doing this unto the Lord. I'm gonna give thanks to the Lord for this. when We show up and we're like, all right, and and but right, we got to deal with these different things. They says it, do it as if you're doing it unto the Lord, right? Says, uh, and giving thanks uh, to God the Father through the Lord. Amen. So Father God, I just thank you so much for for your word and just uh, Lord, this uh just simple, uh yet to the point uh, teaching Lord uh, that, that that you gave us through Paul Lord. and I pray Father God, for God for every one of us here, Lord. I pray for that God that Lord that may we, we catch ourselves following to this these different pursuits of, of worldly wisdom and all these things, Father. I pray that you would just all get us with your shepherd to cook, Lord, and just put us back on the straight path. And I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to pour out your love and your grace and your mercy and your long-suffering and your kindness and, and, and your patience unto us, Father God. Help us to all be conformed to into that character of the new man and the new nature, Lord, as, as Paul mentioned here, Lord. And I pray, Father, that, that amongst all of us, Lord, that, that 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 love would be the bond of perfection amongst all of us, Lord, that, that love would be the super glue uh, that holds us all together, Father, as we continue to do, uh, uh, venture, as we continue to venture out for you, Lord, and and, just, uh, and, and do what it is that you're called to do, Lord. I pray that love will be that that, that bond of perfection in all of us, Lord. I mean, you just be always be pleased, Lord, with our worship, with our sacrifice, Lord, with whatever it is that we do unto your name, Lord. You I mean, just bless uh, the church, Lord. Bless uh, bless uh, those who are here, Lord. Mark, Gigi, also who are, who are away, Lord. Bless Mark, Lord, as he's doing the ceremony, Lord. Be with them, Father God. Give them the strength, Lord. Give them wisdom. Give them the words, Lord. And ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.